Thanks for listening to Matt McLaughlin History. Become a subscriber to receive exclusive bonus episodes, ad-free listening, early access to all episodes, and special member-only events. Click on the link in the show notes or visit patreon.com forward slash mmhistory. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. A Living History Production. This is the Living History Podcast. Broadcasting live across the airwaves. Hello and thank you for joining me on another episode of Living History. Thank you to everyone who responded so strongly to our episode on the Red Baron last week. We told the incredible story of the World War I fighter ace, Manfred von Richthofen, the Red Baron who brought down 80 Allied planes during his career before eventually being killed by Australian ground crews in 1918. It was a really fascinating discussion I had with Dr. Aaron Pegram from the Australian War Memorial And he showcased some of the amazing items they have in the collection of that wonderful institution relating to the life and to the death of the Red Baron. So if you haven't listened to that podcast, please go back and do so because it was just fascinating. Also listen to some of the other podcasts we've done in recent weeks because we are um, very proud of the work that we've done recently on bringing this history to life. And this week is no exception. We're going to the UK and in a couple of weeks' time it will be Guy Fawkes Night. And Guy Fawkes Night is a commemoration that's held every year in the UK to remember the gunpowder plot, the plot to blow up the Houses of Parliament and to to force a change of government in the UK. And the principal character in this this, uh, plot of 1605 was a man by the name of Guy Fawkes. And Guy Fawkes was captured by the authorities in the basement of the Houses of Parliament with a huge cache of gunpowder about to light the fuse and blow up the Houses of Parliament, which would certainly have killed everyone in the building. And he was arrested... He was tortured. Eventually, he confessed, and then he was executed. He was hung, drawn, and quartered. What a savage way to go in January 1606. And I was fortunate last year when I was in the UK to go to the National Archives, and I held in my hand his confession that he had signed, just illustrating his part in the gunpowder plot and explaining his motives for wanting to overthrow the government. It was an extraordinary document. I love holding in my hand these fragments of history, these items that bring history to life. It's so much more compelling than just reading a story in a book or watching a documentary. I actually held this letter in my hand. I saw Guy Fawkes' handwriting confessing to his part in a gunpowder plot. Absolutely extraordinary. And I was fortunate to be joined by curators from the National Archives who talked me through the story. And so please enjoy this. It was a special moment. I'm enjoying bringing this to you. Here is the story of Guy Fawkes' confession. So the gunpowder plot is one of these... uh, hugely visceral moments in English history um, and is still celebrated to this day on the 5th of November. It it happened in 1605 when uh, disgruntled Catholics, um, militant Catholics in England, dissatisfied with how the Reformation that Henry 
the eighth and his officials had begun to impose upon England was playing out. Um, Catholics weren't allowed to openly worship. Uh, they were um, fined uh, if they didn't attend Church of England services. They were denied public office. Um, and they wished to reverse this situation. Um, and when uh, Elizabeth the first died in 1603, James VI of Scotland becomes James I of um, England and we have the creation of Great Britain with the union of the two kingdoms, Scotland and England. James was quite a relatively enlightened man um, and there was a great hope amongst the those English subjects who had, uh, as they saw themselves, uh, remained loyal to uh, the Roman Catholic Church. Um, Catholic subjects were seen as a threat because they retained their loyalty to the Pope rather necessarily to the the English or now British sovereign. And the Catholic loyalty uh, therefore extended to England's enemies, in particular the Spanish um, so they were seen as a threat. They were seen that in a manner that undermined uh, English sovereignty. And uh, as England had been at war with Spain during the 1590s, um, and Spain had sought to exploit England, English, England's weaknesses, uh, English Catholics uh, were preyed upon by the authorities. And what led to the, uh, the, the famous um, threat against Parliament? So what happens is in the the events take place in 1605, um, November 1605. But for the preceding uh, two and a half years, uh, it had been building towards it. James comes to power um, in uh, March 1603 when Elizabeth dies, um, and there is a great hope amongst English Catholics, as I say, that there will be some sort of lessening uh, of the the penal laws or the recusancy laws. Uh, those who didn't uh, declare. Um, uh, their faith to the Church of England. Um, James didn't necessarily dismiss these hopes, but uh, he didn't want to encourage them too much. At the same time, he was trying to strike a balance between Catholics on one side and Puritans on the very other end of the spectrum. Um, and Catholics began to petition him in 1603 and 1604 to reverse the recusancy laws, and he says he won't. At the same time, uh, in sort of geopolitics or high politics, there is an effort amongst uh, the English and the Spanish to uh, to draft a peace treaty. So um, England is moving towards no longer being at war with its major Catholic foe. Um, this is a disappointment for English Catholics as they had hoped to be able to exploit the, the, uh, the Spanish um, a war effort against England. Um, so you have this sort of local scene and larger scene taking place. Um, James very quickly realises he's gone too far in encouraging the Catholics and he tries to dampen down their hopes. Um, but he does say that he won't impose the fines that are to be levied on people who don't go to church services, the Church of England services. So he's trying to strike a balance. Um it's not enough for some people, though. And uh, a group of plotters centred on, on a man called Robert Catesby 
and uh, his fellow plotters begin to plot uh, the overthrow of James and they want to place um, a Catholic princess onto the throne, Princess Elizabeth, his daughter. Um, What they suggest is that they blow up Parliament (laughs) in quite a grandiose manner. Um, They want to blow up the House of Lords and they start to uh, concoct a plan whereby they rent a house adjacent to the House of Lords um, and they start to dig from the cellar, trying to dig into the the basement and the cellars of the Lords itself. Um, By the middle of the summer, 1605, they then discover that uh, the house next door is up for rent and it has direct access into the basement of and the cellars of the House of Lords, the Palace of Westminster. So they um, they rent this and they start to ferry in gunpowder. 36 barrels of gunpowder are eventually brought in, enough to blow up the building and kill everybody in it, without a doubt. And um, the plot is discovered. Rumours start to circle amongst Catholics who remain loyal and don't want the course of action their course of action by these militants to go ahead and it comes to the attention of the authorities. Um, in early November, uh, it's brought to the king's attention and he orders uh, Parliament to be uh, checked, the basements to be checked, the Palace of Westminster to be um, <clears throat> to be looked over and they don't find anything initially. Um, and then he reorders, go back and look again. Uh, these rumours are... Uh, are sufficient enough. Parliament is to meet on the 5th of November, but on the day before, Guy Fawkes is discovered in the cellars of Westminster Palace with a fuse, uh, good to go. The plan had been he was to um, light what's called a slow fuse, which takes a long time to burn down before it hits the gunpowder. He lights that, he takes off, and there's to be a general uprising of Catholics in England um, with a puppet queen on the throne with sympathies to the Catholics. It's a madcap idea, quite frankly. It was never going to succeed. But nonetheless, in the popular imagination at the time, the English imagination, um, England saw itself as being surrounded by a Catholic threat, uh, no less in Ireland, uh, no less on the continent by the papacy, and uh, alliances were fragile. And this was uh, demonstrative of, of that threat, that they wanted to kill the king and everybody in the House of Lords as Parliament convened, the king would have been giving his what was known as a speech from the throne uh, opening parliament. And how does this wonderful handwritten document um, relate to that story? So these are all the examinations of those who were uh, arrested. Um, Guy Fox himself was examined several times uh, over a week uh, pretty uh, physically interrogated. He was quite badly beaten up I'd say. You can see from his signatures that his signatures get progressively neater as he recovers from the beatings um, that uh, he suffered. Um, And what the authorities are doing really here is they want to see the extent of the conspiracy. Is it just an isolated matter or is this a general uh, conspiracy? And they, within about a week, they're confident enough that this is a small group acting without any major backing of nobles and gentry across England. And those nobles and gentry who did back them were rounded up pretty quickly. What is Guy Fawkes saying in this uh, this interrogation slash confession? He's revealing his motives, uh, what drove him um, and his conspirators, the fact that Catholics, were, and they saw Catholicism to be the true faith, um, not 
um, the uh, the reformed religion as practiced in England. Um, that they also the, the document also reveals Guy Fawkes' own personal antipathy to the Scots, and James being a Scot, King James being a Scot. Uh, this all is drawn out by his uh, his interrogators. So we, we see not just the, the personal, but again the geopolitical as um, as. Fox's personal faith is laid out, his personal motivations and the motivations of his co-conspirators to overthrow the Church of England and place a, a Catholic back on the throne. There's a, you'd say, a conspiracy theory that Guy Fawkes was a scapegoat, that he didn't do it, that it was all a, all a big sham. Have you seen any evidence in this documentation that suggests that? That's why we go back to the original documents. Always go back to the original documents to discount conspiracy theories. Um, and this is, it's very, very clear. He's, he admits, you know, um, as many militants do, he's proud of the actions he tried to take, shambolic as they were, um, but almost devastating. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review for the podcast and visit livinghistorytv.com for more great history content. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com.